Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong. Back on radio again. Some of you may have heard me in Washington, D.C. Some of you may have heard me on radio in Orlando. But here I am today. I'm here with some information and opinion and something you'll find interesting. Later in the show, we're going to have a guest who's going to talk about staying in your home. Is that the best choice if you are retired or thinking of retiring? But today I want to talk to you about what I call the barbecue Becky phenomenon that is growing all over the United States. Now, it seems as if President Trump is getting everyone on edge, up in arms about everything, about immigrants, about white nationalists, about the midterm elections. And as a result of this, people are going a little bit crazy. Now, I don't know if you know what I mean when I'm talking about the uh, barbecue Becky phenomenon, but if you don't know, I'm talking about the recent phenomenon about white citizens calling the police because some sort of behavior by African Americans seems uh, that they should uh, call the police. However, the activity usually is not illegal. Where is this phenomenon going? Well, it's not going well for the white people who are doing it. I'll explain that. I'll explain that rather in a few moments with some examples. But first of all, let me take you back to the Nazi Germany between 1933 and 1945. During what's called the Nazi site or the Nazi time, citizens of Germany were encouraged to spy on their neighbors and report untoward conduct or activity or criminal activity or words spoken against the rear the against Hitler and his regime people who did this were looked upon as real heroes they some of them reported their findings to the gestapo that was the german secret police of the 1930s and 40s these arrests led some people to be sent to concentration camps and they even lost their lives now, this authoritarian regime praised such neighbors for turning other neighbors in, but this was not good behavior. Everyone in Nazi Germany had to be on guard. Fortunately, the regime only lasted 12 years. Keep this in mind. Now, let's go back to the present and the, the barbecue Becky phenomenon. It started, no, it may have started before this, but we know that in April of 2018, in Oakland, California, a woman called the police about a black family having a picnic in a public park, and they were barbecuing. Her name turns out to be Jennifer, Jennifer rather, Schulte. She called the police because she felt that these people shouldn't be barbecuing in the park. As a matter of fact, she called the police and was on the line with the police for almost two hours telling the police what these people were doing. And uh, she even said, this is my park and it's illegal for you to be barbecuing. Well, the police did come. They spoke to her and spoke to the family. The police said, this is nothing. This is not a police matter. You can barbecue in this park. They shouldn't be doing it right here. 
but the park is open to the public. There is no arrest made. Now, we know that white people have been policing black behavior for a long time. If they think someone black seems out of place, some white people know they can say something to the property manager, a store supervisor, or the police. Many black people in these situations don't bother to complain publicly. Many say it's unlikely that they will be believed, and sometimes they'll even be arrested. And now what's happening is social media and technology has captured things that shame white people from doing this. I'm going to give you some examples. Many of you may have remembered back in February of this year in Philadelphia, there were two men, two African-American men, waiting in a Starbucks. They were waiting for a friend who was going to talk about a business proposition with them. They didn't buy anything. They didn't bother anyone. One of them asked, could he go to the men's room? And uh, the person was denied. said, you haven't bought anything. You can't use the men's room. Well, the manager, the, the men sat back down. They still didn't do anything illegal. The manager called the police. The police came, tried to find out what was wrong. The manager said, well, they're here waiting. They haven't done anything, but they haven't bought anything. They want to use the bathroom. The police arrested these two African-Americans who weren't doing anything. Well, as it turns out, when the story got out, it was videotaped by customers that these men were doing nothing illegal. No charges were brought against them. As a matter of fact, the manager of that Starbucks was fired by the company because of the adverse publicity the story had brought on. But that's not all. Again, I don't know if people are really worked up, but we've also had some other kinds of barbecue Becky situations. These are memes, that is, little themes of people doing things that are silly and get them in trouble. In Pennsylvania... Earlier this year, there were some women, a group of four, playing pencil, uh, playing golf on a pencil, pencil, playing golf on a Pennsylvania golf course, and they called the police on these women, stating that the women were playing golf too slowly. There was also a black graduate student at Yale University earlier this year. She was a student, a grad student. She fell asleep in the common room of the dorm. A white student called the campus police because she thought this woman shouldn't be there. The campus police came, talked to the lady, found out she was a student and she had fell asleep studying and that there was no problem. The woman who called the police has been shamed about this behavior. Let's move on to something else that you may or may not have heard. Around July 4th of this year, there was a fellow at a pool in Memphis. It was an apartment complex. There was a black man there. His name was Yates, Kevin Yates. He was 25. He was there at the pool overseeing his girlfriend's two godsons. The girl lived at this apartment complex. And Mr. Yates had the temerity of wearing white socks at the pool. 
He had on a swimsuit, but he didn't go in the water. The kids were playing in the water. He was watching them. The pool manager said, you shouldn't be and can't be wearing white socks at the pool. Yates thought this was the craziest thing he ever heard. The manager, pool manager, called the police. The police refused to do anything, and later on, he lost his job. That is, the manager lost his job for saying a man, a black man, couldn't wear white socks at the pool. One of the craziest things I've heard. Basically, what this is saying, that many law enforcement officers are refusing to be used as bigots. That's a good thing. However, people keep doing these things. Later on this past summer, there was a woman somewhere in the South who also ran a pool, hit a black teen whom she said didn't belong in her local pool, although they were there with friends as guests. They were legally there. The lady who was in charge of the pool actually assaulted and hit one of the youth. When the when she called the police, the police came, listened to the story, and they decided to arrest her. She then tried to beat up the police officer. She was charged with assaulting the youth and assaulting a police officer and was led away in handcuffs. She lost her job also. Now, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if this kind of behavior is because of hate or fear. It's awful, but it's hurting white folks. Black people can stand it. They've been under suspicion. We've been under suspicion for many years. But these are some examples that are just ridiculous, and I don't know where it's going to stop. Now, I've told you some examples. I've told you examples. There are more, a lot more, because I've been keeping track of this phenomenon because it's one of the things that I do. The police, though, seem to be turning off on the bigots, not wanting to go along with it. Here is a story that came in just recently about a situation in Miami. A real estate agent, her name is Liliana uh, Albarino Olinix. She uh, lost her contract, lost her job, after video was shown her mocking Andrew Gilliam supporters in an election protest in uh, Florida. She posted this video herself on Twitter, and not 12 hours later, she was out of a job. All right? That's not good. White people are losing their livelihoods. Let me tell you about another situation that came up like this in St. Louis. This was in early autumn. There's a woman who worked for a real estate company, and as a result of her job, she got a, an apartment in a very nice building downtown, a new building. One day, she was coming home to her building, and there was an African-American entering the building. She wanted to know, why are you here? He said, I live here. He said, well, I've never seen you before. Well, he said, well, I'm sorry, lady, I, I live here. And she followed him up to the third floor of the building where he lived, saw him enter his apartment with a key, and she called the police. 
the police came and investigated and found out that the man did live there. He was doing nothing wrong. And the information about this got to the lady's boss who worked at the real estate company or ran it and fired her. She is out of a job. That job allowed her to live in this exclusive apartment building. What a stupid move. Barbecue Becky phenomena. It goes on and on. I don't know why people are like this. I hope it stops. As a matter of fact, dear white people, and I don't dislike white people, you're just doing some things that are crazy. Don't let this man, Trump, get you so much on edge, get you so hyped up that you lose your job, you lose your livelihood. Now, I've got another situation here. This is the one that really took the case. This happened about two weeks ago. It's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Two sisters. One lived in an upscale, um, an upscale, uh, housing place in Charlotte, North Carolina. Her sister came to visit her. And after the sister's visit, sister went to her car in the parking lot and the car wouldn't start. She called her sister in the apartment and asked her to come down. They called AAA to come and start her car. Her battery seemed to be dead. While they're sitting in the parking lot, it's getting dark, a white woman came up to her car and said to the two black women, I'm a resident of this apartment complex, and I make $125,000 a year, and I pay hefty rent, and my children attend Myers Park High School. And she wanted to know, what are you two doing here on Friday night? I'm white, and I'm hot, so what are you doing here? Well, the two sisters knew there was something wrong. They smelled uh, alcohol on the woman's breath. Her name was Susan Westwood. She kept egging these people on, saying, are you drug dealers? Are you waiting here for your daddy's mama or baby's mama? Well, of course, they took out their cell phones and they started recording this. The lady, Miss Westwood, went on, said, you know, I have a licensed gun that I carry. And, you know, I could do something for you. You guys better not stay here. Well, they called the police. The police came. And, again, they arrested Miss Westwood and not the black people who were doing nothing. They were just sitting in a parking lot in a car whose battery had gone dead. And they're being assaulted by a white woman who says she's white and hot. And she has a right to be living in this upscale community. Now, what happened here? She was arrested and she was charged with assault and threats. Now, that's not the end of the story. She worked for a tech company in Charlotte and she did make $125,000 a year. However, her boss heard about this incident and fired her the next day. I don't know if she will be living in this upscale apartment complex in Charlotte a lot longer, but this is bad news. Cell phone cameras, video, viral 
Things that go on the Internet are hard to get rid of. White people, like Barbecue Becky, are being shamed and losing their jobs for doing things to people who are doing no wrong, doing nothing illegal. Perhaps it's good that the wider society sees some of this stuff. This is Birdsong. It shouldn't go on. Let's hope that the Barbecue Becky phenomena does not go any further. You heard my opinion on this. Maybe you're now a little better informed. There's more in the news. Not on Barbecue Becky. I've had enough of her. You've probably heard some of these stories. What's happened is Michelle Obama's memoir, her book, has come out this past Tuesday. And it is a hot seller. As a matter of fact, I read some information that the book had more pre-sales than any other book since 2015. It's a memoir. It's entitled Becoming, B-E-C-O-M-I-N-G. In her book, she talks about growing up in Chicago, facing racism as a public figure, and becoming the country's first black first lady. She also touches on marital problems from when her hubby, President Barack Obama kicked off his political career. Marriage counseling for us was one of those ways we were lear- we learned how to talk out our differences, said Miss Obama in the book. I'm going to buy my copy. I haven't gotten it yet, but I've read things about it. It seems really interesting. Probably one of the most interesting parts of the book is Michelle Obama says she accused Trump of using his body language to stalk Clinton during the election debate by following her around the stage and standing near her, trying to diminish her presence. Miss, uh, Miss Obama also said that the former or the former first lady also said that she'll never forgive Trump for perpetuating the racist birther conspiracy against her husband. Quote, what if someone with an unstable mind loaded a gun and drove to Washington? What if that person went looking for our girl, she wrote, referring to the hate that Trump stirred up against the Obamas over the claim that Barack was not a true American citizen? Donald Trump, she went on to say, with his loud and reckless innuendos, was putting my family's safety at risk, and for this I'll never forgive him. She also quashed in the book the notion that she would ever run for public office. Sounds like a really good read. I'm certainly going to get my copy. You probably should, too. This is Birdsong. If you ever want to text me, text me at 904-878-8170. I'll text you back. We will be back with more information. Is staying in your home the best choice for retirees? You're listening to Birdsong. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong back with you. Glad to be here on the radio. We talked about the barbecue Becky phenomena in Michelle Obama's book that just came out, Becoming. I'm going to read it. Hope you will, too. But now we have a guest on the line who knows about 
financial planning, and also she has said that staying or is she would say is staying in your home the best choice for retirees. Her name is Penelope Sugros. She has a PhD. She is CHFC CLU. She that's makes her a financial consultant. She's a speaker and founder of Wealthy Choices. Dr. Sugros, welcome to Birdsong. How are you today? Thank you so much, Birdsong. Delighted to be with you. It's a great day. All right. So we have you here. I didn't tell the audience that you have a new book. You've written several books, but one, the, the latest one, is Home Sweet Home. And it has to do with, is it, uh, should you stay or move in retirement from your home? Now, again, a lot of us are either at the retirement stage or coming up on it. If you want to stay in your home throughout retirement, what are the top three things that people should know or do? Well, I've created an acronym that might help us to remember what they are, S-U-M, SUM. And the reason I created that is because it is a lot to think about. So SUM is for safety, U is for youth, and M is for maintenance. Hmm. Okay. So what do you or what kind of people do you counsel about this? Well, the people who are most interested and have been coming to the courses and the presentations I've been doing are people who are either the adult children of seniors or the seniors themselves. And people are really interested in understanding whether that house that they love so much is going to challenge their ability to live well. Because for so many people, Birdsong, the problem is they have a house that they love, but the house may be taking away the money they need to live on on a regular basis to pay their regular bills. So you have a fight between the house, which is the spendthrift, and the money for retirement, which might characterize as the tightwad. And there <laughs> you are refereeing between these two Forces these two personalities, shall we say, and you. So you say. So you say, sort of a tug of war between maintaining your lifestyle and maintaining your house. Is that what you're getting to? Yeah, that seems to happen for many families uh, because the amount of money people have for retirement is often a a fixed quantity, and they're spending it out over a, a lifetime. But the house, the house is a greedy thing, you know. It says, mm-hmm. oh. I need a hot water heater. Oh, I need a roof. Oh, a house just <laughs> fell on the porch. Uh, you know, a, a branch of the tree just fell on the porch. What do I do? What do I do? So the, the house is very greedy. Now, if you are an adult child of a parent or relative who live, who you think is not safe at home, what do you think they should do? What would you say to them? One thing is to remember this is a parent you respect and that you cannot say, get out of this house, mom or dad. You (laughs) can't can't. start that way. Let us remember a little bit of respect and uh, dutiful action. So what happens where any of us, even the person who is not in danger uh, or the, the adult child thinks they're in danger, the adult child first has to say, honestly, what's the worst case? If the person really stayed here, what really is going to happen? 
So that's one. And then when you're talking, if you are team move and mom and dad are team stay, <laughs> there's a bunch of questions that I've developed as a beginning conversation. And one thing that team move has to do is to really think about who team stay is. So mm-hmm. what is it that mom or dad or aunt Lucy loves about her home? And let them talk about what is beautiful to them or what is comforting. Get into their world. See it from that person's point of view. And then ask them another question, which is a little bit leading in the direction that you might, as Team Move, want to encounter. What do you think, if you had a lot of money, Mom or Dad or Aunt uh, Lucy, if you had a lot of money, what would you do to fix the house? Or how would you change it? Or if there was a magic way that you could move it to another neighborhood, what would you do? Engage their imagination. Do not jump on the answer and say, aha, I got you. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is not the yeah. point of those questions. The point is to gently help them see themselves, that there are some deficiencies in what the house is offering and how they're living in it. So yeah. those are a couple of leading questions anyway. Now, other than your own home or their own home, can what other options or for housing might you give retirees? The first one that comes to mind for many people are those communities that are talked about as age 55 and older, age 65 and older, whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest that for many people that is not the best choice because it's still working like a condo. It's still, uh, whether it's an apartment or it's an individual townhouse, you still have a condo association and you have no buffer. Condo associations sure. often have eccentric personalities <laughs> and you have no real way to manage that. So, For many people, especially Birdsong, those people who have not purchased any kind of long-term care protection, I would urge them to at least consider a CCRC, a Continuing Care Retirement Community. What is CCRC? I'm sorry, I don't know that. Yeah, Continuing Care Retirement Community. So it means you move into this kind of situation where you're healthy, you're running around, you're playing tennis, you're doing whatever the things are that you love, uh-huh. and you uh, perhaps stay that way till you're 100. I hope so. Or <laughs> yeah. you wind up having some things that you need help with, and you have some assisted living, or in the case of the fact that every 65 seconds somebody in the United States is diagnosed with Alzheimer's, perhaps you will need memory care as my mom did. So CCRC continues your care. Now, if you have not bought long-term care insurance, a type A contract in one of these facilities will provide you with the equivalent of what long-term care would have been. Is that the kind of services that people can come in and help you? Yep, that will do all those things, and they won't raise the cost. So, What, what kind of for, services may be available? Can you tell me? Yep. Um, for one of my uh, clients now, and a, a, a beloved friend as well as a client, 
she now needs help with dressing and bathing. So mm-hmm. she's a little unsteady on her legs. Her mind is wonderful. She'll sit and tell you wonderful stories. She's a great conversationalist, but her body is weak. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. What about what do you what do you say to people, doctor, that are f- afraid that they're going to outlive their money? Have you ever heard situations like that? I think people are, are very afraid of that. So what you might see in an elder person is they're scrimping on food, they're worrying about maintaining the house, and they don't have enough to eat. They don't want to go out because they don't want to spend money, and often. What that is a result of is nobody has helped them see how to reposition their assets. Often right. there is money, but it's not well positioned. So would you say that if a person is worried about outliving their money and they have a house, is that house perhaps an asset that they should sell that might keep them going? I think you have a very good solution in that statement, yes. Because what that house could do, the proceeds from that house could do, while it is still in good condition and you haven't run it down because you can't maintain it, which was the SUM that we talked about, then I think that house, if it's properly handled, can do something. Consider this concept. A professor at NYU put $100 in a three-month treasury bill, which was the kind of safe, secure thing that many retirees think they want their money in. And then he put $100 in the S&P 500, which is an index you can't directly invest in, and past returns are no guarantee of the future. But he tracked it from 1928, just looking at what it did by itself. He wasn't manipulating anything. From Mm -hmm. 1928 to the end of 2017, would you like to guess how much the $100 in the Treasury bill turned into? I'd like to know. Okay, and $100 into the S&P. Well, $100 into the conservative thing, which so many retirees are choosing, turned into about $2,000. The $100 in the S&P 500 turned into a little under 400000 Now, which mm. of those things mm. would help you live more easily? Having money that had grown? Now, I don't mean to be foolish about money, but my point is so many persons are relying on the bank, which I understand it, it feels secure, but it's not secure when you look at these other risks to your money. So in order for them not to wind up in the situation where you, you politely said they're fearful of running out of money, if they turn the house into proper assets, they could live much more comfortably. All right. Well, that's good to know. Now, again, let me tell your listeners that your book is Home Sweet Home, How to Decide Whether You Should Stay or Move in Retirement. It's coming out, as I understand it. It's going to be on Amazon.com, and it's going to be in bookstores. Is that right? Yes, actually, it is now on Amazon, and uh, the first word actually is your home sweet home, so we're focusing on your own home, and it has five-star reviews, and on its launch date, it was uh, in the bestseller category in six categories. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell the listeners that you actually sent me an advanced copy. I haven't had a chance to read all of it. I've done some of it. One of the things that struck me you talk about in retirement is going into retirement is like being an adolescent again without the acne. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? 
I like that. That's good. <laughs> well, well the, listen, it's so good to talk to you, Dr. Sugros. I will yeah. probably be talking to you again. Uh, I think that there are a lot of people who may be listening found something here that they need to hear about staying in your own home after retirement. All right. This is Birdsong. Thank you so much for being with us. Folks, Birdsong back with you. So happy to be here. We just listened to uh, Dr. Penelope Zugros talked about staying in your home after retirement. Probably some very good advice that many of you want to know more about. You can buy her book. It's on Amazon. Also, we talked about barbecue, Becky, that phenomena. Please, white folks. Don't do these things and call the police on black people who are not doing anything illegal. It just just gets you into trouble and you'll be on the Internet forever. But right now I want to do some dumb criminal law stories. You know, I find these stories and write them up, put them on my blog. You can buy some of my books at uh, Amazon.com. Just go to the book section and type in Professor Birdsong. And you'll come up with Professor Birdsong's dumb criminal law stories. Here's some from this year, earlier, June, as a matter of fact. First story today is from Australia. The headline, Eggplant Foolishness? A farmer in the state of Victoria claims an eggplant caused him to slip and fatally shoot the neighbor who ran over his dog. Quote, as he approached the driver's side, he tripped and fell forward, his attorney said. Quote, the gun then went off without the trigger having been pulled, end quote. Of course, prosecutors didn't buy it. <laughs> he was convicted. A strange story out of Canada, a headline, bang. A dog, a police dog, accidentally fired a gun while in hot pursuit of two criminals. The canine officer tracked the assault suspects to a grocery store parking lot in Alberta, Canada, where the doggy discovered a gun one of the men had tossed into a bush. Believe it or not, the canine officer accidentally discharged the weapon while retrieving it. We learned that no one was hurt. Bang! <laughs> All right, this next one from China. Dancing on the ceiling, anyone? A man is facing six months in jail after he climbed on top of his car while it was still moving. The man was caught on camera standing on the white car's roof and waving his arms around as he drove through Binju City. At one point, it appears the man could be seen sitting in the sunroof and steering with his feet. When he saw traffic police, he jumped back into the driver's seat and tried to flee, but was caught when he drove onto a dead-end street. <laughs> he would have been better off dancing on the ceiling instead of on the roof of his car. Connecticut. Headline. Clueless bank robber. A bank robber wrote a demand note on the back of his girlfriend's pay stub. 
Stephen Maya, who's 20, allegedly gave a tailor, I'm sorry, Stephen Mayer, 20, allegedly gave a teller the note at the TD Bank in the town of Seymour, Connecticut, and escaped with a few hundred dollars. Police turned over the note and quickly found Stephen at his girlfriend's house with the loot. Yes, he was arrested. A clueless bank robber caught. <laughs> When I was a prosecutor, I used to do a lot of bank robberies. We caught them because they usually were dumb. Maybe not as dumb as this guy was. California, headline, what a scam. A doctor has been selling digital sound files to treat disease. His name, Dr. William Gray. He sold recordings for $5 each claiming the hissing sounds were a remedy for everything from Ebola to malaria to labor pains. The California Medical Board found him guilty of gross negligence and are contemplating taking his license. A story now from Canada. The headline simply says, Why? Bandits stole an ape, a lemur, and a tortoise from a Canadian zoo. The crooks cut through a parking lot fence at the Elmvale Jungle Zoo in Ontario to swipe the baby gibbon named Agnes, the lemur, named J.C., and a tortoise named Stanley. A $10,000 reward is being offered for information leading to the animal's return. Those must be some valuable, valuable animals. Here's one from Florida. Headline, Balls. A man high on drugs had the balls to threaten his neighbor with a gun because his testicles were hurting, police said. The 32-year-old man from the town of Westville allegedly lashed out at fellow residents because he believed that they were to blame for parasites living in his gonads. <laughs> Balls. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's another one from Florida. Plain monkey business, says the headline. We learned that a monkey on a leash escaped from its owner and went ape on a Home Depot employee. An unidentified woman left her pet spider monkey inside a truck while she shopped in Okeechobee, but it escaped and hopped onto a female worker's back, biting her and scratching her face. Wildlife authorities are investigating the case. Very strange, as the headline says, plain monkey business, huh? <laughs> Here's more monkey business from Florida. An alleged car thief was taken into custody with his pet monkey clinging, clinging to his chest. The capuchin monkey named Monk was filmed clutching his owner, Cody Hessian, as police hauled away the suspect in handcuffs. Hessian is accused of stealing a car in St. Petersburg and crashing it into a ditch in the nearby town of Holiday. Very strange stories. His pet monkey clutching his chest, huh? All right. Finally. Let's see. We've got one, another one from Florida. Cabby Revenge. A drunken parking valet has been accused of stealing a luxury car from an impound lot. His name, Kevin Jones. He allegedly took a cab to a Key West impound lot, scaled the fence, and rammed his way out in a Mercedes Benz early on a Friday in June. However, the cab driver called police on him for skipping out on the $46 fare. Yes, he was arrested. For what? Grand Theft Auto. 
<laughs> These are your dumb criminal law stories for this week. These stories never end, folks, but they're all true. They're all true. I collect them from all over the world. Been doing it for a long time. This is Birdsong. There's more. Stick with us. Here's Birdsong again, and I'm at the end of the show. Been a good one today. I don't have any riddles for you today, but I do have a thought for the week. Here it is. Dress to impress. Good grooming gives others the impression that you are perched on a higher rung than your actual station in life. It does work. My mother told me that when I was 14 years old, and I've also tr always tried to dress to impress. This is Bear Birdsong. It's been great being with you here on the radio be with you next week if you want to talk to me or call me or text me i prefer you text me i've got a new text number 904-878-8170 i'll see you next week adios auf wiedersehen bye bye